play. All they want to do is have fun. And all the parents want to do is try to control their children from not having too much fun. And that's where the problem, that's where the friction really is easy to, to notice uh, globally, again, among all cultures, is the kids, all they want to do is have fun and parents, all they want to do is assess the damages and limit the, the risk of an accident. And I think we adults have actually so much to learn from our kids. And um, if we had little smaller egos, um, or perhaps put our egos into our pocket, as I sometimes say, um, and be prepared to actually watch and listen. Yo, this is Christian D. Evans with Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our amazing podcast. This is where we reveal the top 1% of business concepts and systems and processes to scale eight and nine figure businesses. We interview top level eight and nine figure CEOs, business owners, and amazing TEDx speakers like David Meltzer. We got Nick Cavuto, Pascal Bachman, and so many others. And if you feel like this resonates with you, please share this with your friend, your family, and make sure you impact them as well because we're trying to spread the message on those that do not know how to scale eight, nine figure businesses and talking higher level business concepts. So guys, remember, enjoy the episode and be uncommon if you can. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. I'm your host, Christian D. Evans. 35% is the increase of suicide rate that is happening since 2018. This next guest is the founder and CEO of Virtually Thrive. At Virtually Thrive, we create interactive digital tools that improve mental health, help unblock the full potential of children and adults. They base their work on years of scientific research and collaboration with experts in neuroscience, psychology, technology, and therapy. Their mission is to help people thrive and lead fulfilling lives. She is also the podcast host of Virtually Unbreakable and also is the author of Teach Your Kids to Build a Positive Self-Image. Learn how to better support your child in building confidence. My next guest, Ella Singera. How are you doing today, Ella? I'm great. How are you, Christian? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited about diving into this conversation because like I said, some scary stats that's going on, you know, suicide rate, mental health, that's been a big situation right now. In fact, I've seen a lot of even high caliber, you know, whether you're, you're an actor or an actress, whether you're in sports and they've walked oh, yeah. away from their career because of mental health. Uh, and it's a huge, huge epidemic, if you will. Uh, and I, first yeah. of all, I'd love to just get your response because you're closer, you're on the front end of it. What are you seeing right now uh, in the industry? And what do you think people are doing wrong? Like just not not prioritizing? What do you think people are doing wrong to, um, to not focus on this? Yes. Um, well, great question, Christian, but I think um, the answer is, is not a simple one. It's a complex one. I think parents for so long have been not prioritizing their own needs. Um, I think that is the first thing that needs to change because I think most, well, I suppose the simple answer to that question is majority of adults who are parents are not prioritizing their own mental health in order to better care for their families, uh, become more productive and serve their communities better. 
So what I uh, experienced myself and what I've observed in others is um, definite uh, strong pattern where the most focus goes around the baby, the newborn, the family, the kids, not enough focus on identifying and responding to your own needs in order to become more balanced, um, happier, more fulfilled, and set a better example for your kids. And so let me ask you this because see, I think there, I don't know if it's a limiting belief or why do you think, um, you know, parents do not prioritize it? Is it because, oh, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to, you know, make that, you know, me a priority more than my kid. It, it, what is that exactly? Why do you think that is? I think it's a combination of um, how we were brought up as children, uh, the behavioral patterns we've observed in our parents. Uh, and therefore the limiting beliefs we've created based on those uh, behavioral patterns. And it's also uh, a mixture um, of social stigma and fear of judgment. Um, so people are certainly, you know, people are embarrassed to talk about um, their emotional needs, their well-being, especially mental health is a still big taboo topic. I think across the globe, um, but um, that's something that needs to change. So, and it's not an easy process to change. Um, we have to start small by recognizing our own needs and learning more about ourselves. Well, and there's that old adage that says, you know, obviously put your mask on before you help your child or whatever. And exactly. I definitely understand that. However, though, I think you're exactly right. It runs deeper than just that. Like we get that logically, but then it's like, really, it's, it's that judgment. It's, mm. oh, this this expectation that other individuals put on you, maybe as a, mm. as a father, as a wife, uh, as a mother, whatever it is. And my question is, is how can you help people properly, you know, think that through? And saying, hey, this individual has this expectation and they're kind of putting that on you as a, as a father or mother. And for some odd reason, you're not prioritizing because there's that fear, there's that judgment there, definitely culturally. So what is the proper way to look at, you know, just help our audience walk through that thought process? Sure. So um, I think the easiest way to approach this complex problem, global problem, like you, you rightly said, global epidemic is by um, be, being true to yourself and recognizing and asking yourself a question, what do I need the most right now? Am I happy? Which aspects of my life am I happy with? Which aspects of my life am I not happy with? And that's a conversation you can have with yourself before you start talking about this with your partner, with your spouse. So I think it's just staying... Um, true to yourself and um, taking some small baby steps towards becoming your own best friend, getting to know yourself better and understanding what your highest values are. And here very often I actually quote um, Dr. John Demartini. You might be familiar with him. He's an American author and, and speaker, motivational speaker and behavioral expert. And, and Dr. Dr. John Demartini says, um, we need to invest time in understanding our highest values because everybody's got a different set of values. And, and so do, and that applies to women and men. So just because 
women are women and I bi biologically designed to be mothers does not mean that they value family um, at the same level, they would uh, value professional fulfillment. So I think understanding yourself better, taking some small steps towards self-care, like building healthy habits um, will really, really help. And this, will, this all sounds very easy, but it's actually very difficult to implement, like probably most people have experienced and, um, you know, because to create new healthy habits, we need to um, invest our time in it and, and we need to commit to a new routine, whether that is running every day or uh, meditating or taking yoga classes or having a cup of tea in the middle of our day and having five minutes to ourselves. So it's that commitment and setting that new routine that is, in my opinion, the beginning of the process of improving mental health in families. Yeah, an equation that I always, you know, I was talking to my sister. Now, I don't have any kids, so I'm not a parent. Okay. However, though, I've talked to a lot of my, my, my sisters. Um, and one of the things that I noticed, just the way they talk to themselves is, hey, if I don't do X, then I'm not a good mother. Right. Or I, if I don't do X and I'm not a good father, whatever it is. And that's the equation that they have sometimes. And you can input X for whatever. Right. If I am yep. not if I don't, you know, clean my kids laundry, then I'm not a good mother. If I don't show up to, you know, all the parent teacher conference, I'm not a good mother. Right. Um, and what I find so interesting is this concept, just like you were saying, is that, hey, if I don't do X, then I'm not a good mother. But in the reality mm -hmm. is you need to scratch that whole concept out and say, it's okay, regardless of X, I am a good, uh, good mother. And that kind of comes back to a lot of your content on your website, which is really awesome. It's talking about self-image, self-esteem, mm -hmm. like realizing that it does not matter. The reality is I am a good mother regardless. And if you could yeah. kind of talk a little bit about that and, and the power of self-esteem, self-image, and if you could maybe even just take some of your clients that you work with and help yeah. them kind of uh, reveal that for themselves and the impact that they've had in their lives. Sure. So I'm, I'm so glad we are having this conversation because um, so many people are not familiar with the definition of self-image or they they're not, they're not quite sure what self-esteem is and why is it important. But um, so that's one, um, one thing. Another thing is it's, it's amazing what you just described is a classical global misconception of parenthood, seeing parenthood. And I've actually spoke about this in one of my podcast episodes. I had a guest called Andy Wiener, who is a child psychiatrist, and we spoke about the myth of a perfect parent. Um, and, and it's such a common thing that parents seem to have this in their head, this scale that they've taken from the society, from their own parents, from their friends who have children. They've created this scale um, that is just, um, it, it doesn't really exist. It just exists in their imagination. And they try to live their life by this scale. And what I'm saying um, to most of my clients is, don't think about being the perfect mother. Think about the, being good enough mother, being good enough father. There is so much research that proves that happier parents um, create happier children. And, and the, the only way we can be happy is if we recognize our own needs 
alongside the needs of our families and, and our kids. So that's one part of my answer. Um, another part of my answer is the, the self-image and self-esteem. So, um, and this is why I wrote a book called Teach Your Kids to Build a Positive Self-Image, uh, which I highly recommend. It's available on, um, also on Audible, um, and it's a paperback on Amazon. Um, the reason I wrote a book about it is because so often uh, we parents, we adults forget that um, the way, the only way we can create a happy family is if we recognize and build a positive self-image of ourselves that our children will then observe and copy in themselves. So if we as parents feel really crappy about ourselves for whatever reason, if we had a, a bad day at work, if we feel, um, I mean, th there are people around the world that think they are total failure at everything. And of course, that, you know, that, that is in every country. Then there's people, there's different type of parents, right? Some are very confident over the top. Um, some are, are very, very shy. And what we generally forget is that our kids watch us all the time, whether we recognize it and whether we notice it or not. And however we talk about ourselves in front of our children, our children build that as a, a norm, um, the new norm that they will live by. So if they hear that um, us being, you know, raging and, and being really angry and snappy and stressed out and talking negatively about ourselves, um, they will think, they will not, they will really struggle to think positively about themselves. And, and, and this is really important to, to remember. Um, and this is where the power of that self-image kicks in. Um, so I hope that answered your question, um, but there is more I can say about that uh, because there's also um, this little thing in our head, our inner voice that many people write books about and, uh, you know, um, and, and try to teach uh, themselves and, and teach others how to control that mind chatter, that inner voice, which is a very forms very strong basis of our self-image and our self-esteem. So um, I think one thing I want to I want to mention here is that um, the most important words are the words we say to ourselves when others don't listen. And how we talk to ourselves um, when there's no one around. Um, says everything about us and our self-esteem and our self-image. And learning to be kind with yourself and, and build this self-acceptance and become your own best friend is a very strong pillar to good mental health. So this is something I, I talk about in my book. I appreciate you sharing this because see, the reason why I wanna have this conversation is because see, I understand that a lot of individuals, women and men, they're going out there producing their own business. There may be a C-suite, maybe they're very, very well-developed and our audience, that's who they are. And the thing is, is obviously when you are building your business, some of your attention and focus and energy is on your business or on your job or your corporate, whatever it is. 
And so you have to understand that you can't be 100% amazing at your job and 100% mother or father. Exactly. And so you have to acknowledge that, okay, you know what? Yes. I may not be at every practice, but I will be at every yep. game. And that's okay. Yep. And understanding that regardless of what other parents are doing, I'm doing the best that I can do in that, in that regard. Now, I do want to bring something up because I love the concept of self-esteem and self-image. And what I've known is sometimes parents subconsciously, maybe they're struggling something internally and they're working through things, but yep. then they project that unconsciously, I think, mm -hmm. and, and not purposely to that kid. And maybe that's mm -hmm. an insecurity or something that they're working through. Maybe it's that relationship with their father. Maybe it's that relationship with their mother. Maybe it's their own, um, you know, just their image, what they look yeah. like and, and stuff like that. And I love for you to just walk us through that a little bit, because I think so many individuals, maybe they're aware, like, okay, I need to work on this, but maybe they don't have a vision of what the proper, you know, activities to grow that, like they know it's a weakness and how do I grow? How do I build? What are certain activities that I can do that facilitate that growth and, and that deeper self-image and self-esteem? Sure. Um, I'm trying to remember <laughs> the whole question. Um, I think the way I would answer this is that most of us come to this world um, being really happy as children you know, as babies, we are born and we don't have the external conditions that life has imposed on us where we have a chance to build those unhelpful beliefs, limiting beliefs. So we come to this world being all happy and, and joyful. And you see that when you watch children play, all they want to do is have fun. And all the parents want to do is try to control their children from not having too much fun. And that's where the problem, that's where the friction really is easy to, to notice uh, globally, again, among all cultures, is the kids, all they want to do is have fun and parents, all they want to do is assess the damages and limit the, the risk of an accident. And I think we adults have actually so much to learn from our kids. And um, if we had little smaller egos, um, or perhaps put our egos into our pocket, as I sometimes say, um, and be prepared to actually watch and listen, we would, um, we would understand that we came to this world too to be happy. We came to this world to be happy and not to work hard. Because many parents are, uh, sorry, uh, yes, many parents are raised as when they were children, believing that you have to work hard because this is all what our parents tell us. You have to come, you have to go to school, you have to get your grades, you have to get to this uni, you have to get a great job, you have to work hard. Life's about working hard. Well, I don't believe that. I believe life is about being happy and creating balance and habits that serve you and your happiness. And, and once you are happy as an adult, you have tremendous positive impact on your children's happiness. Because when there's nothing better for children to watch than parents being happy. So this is the, and, and, and the reason I say that is because this is where the significance of building those healthy, hab, healthy happy habits lies. We have to create time in our busy agenda, in our busy schedule, where we are doing something happy for ourselves, something for fun. So 
I hope that answers your question, Christian, but let me know if there's uh, something more I can add. No, it does. It does. And, you know, let's kind of walk into that a little bit because there is that mm. the concept of happiness, right? And we get that. And obviously we need to uh, portray that. Um, but what I always think is happiness looks different for every person. And maybe you could kind of help, like, what allows you to be happy and joyful, regardless of the circumstance? And that is just an intentional decision and, and intentional choice every single day. So if you could just maybe just personally just share with our audience kind of what that looks like. So it allows people to understand, oh, this is the activities. These are certain things. Because I think is we say, oh, let's just be happy. But sometimes we don't know exactly what that looks like to make sure that, that we we're very intentional with that in our life. Mm. So, um, yes, very good question. Uh, so, and, and there is a podcast episode um, that I actually created about happiness. Um, um, and, and it's a very good one to listen to. So I find my, my opinion is that most people are so focused on um, the external factors um, in order to be happy one day that they're not prioritizing being happy now. So what I mean by that is we are, um, we all have, um, we are all very different and, but we all have one thing in common, which is our feeling of self-worth. And we have this self-image, self-esteem, but we also have self-worth. And self-worth, that the healthy self-worth does not depend on um, you know, the big house and the new sports car. It, it is, it's how you feel about yourself, regardless of what you have. Um, so this is where it gets difficult because we live in times where material goods are so often talked about and prioritized. And um, in society, there is this expectation that you haven't made it until you have this and that, right? But what we are forgetting is for every one of us, that this um, happiness is a different thing. Like you said, is everyone needs something else to be happy. I'm someone who needs work-life balance and peace and quiet to be happy. So I'm someone who it gets, becomes quite easily overwhelmed when I have too much stimulus around me. So, um, and I'm, my personal experience is that um, most people need to acknowledge that they need to understand themselves enough, get to know themselves enough in order to recognize what is it that makes me happy? Is it really that new car? Or is it, is it perhaps more traveling? Um, is it, um, you know, having the money to uh, to go around the world and just take six months off? Or is it um, living somewhere in the deep forest in a small house and having this minimalistic lifestyle? We are all different. So getting to know yourself will, will allow you to realize what is it that you need to be happy. And then you have to take the decision to actually do something about it. And this is where often gets quite tricky because people are afraid of change because we are creatures of habits. So um, we are often um, 
have this dream of our happy life that one day something will happen and one day we will become happy. And we kind of work towards it, but we are not finding it easy to make the bold decision, right, from this week, I am implementing this thing and I'm going to stick to it. Because creation of those new habits is hard. So I suppose to go back to your question, um, how to how can we be happier? I think by putting happiness on our agenda, by not um, dismissing it and ignoring it and thinking of happiness as something that will come one day, but by learning to um, balance our current life a little bit better in order to make room for their little um, activities that make us happy every day. I hope I that love helps. It. I love it. Yes, it definitely does. And the equation that helps me walk through this is because, see, I, I've studied this and understand this because I remember many years ago, and this is the equation that I had. It was like, okay, in order to be happy and enjoy life, I have to get X, Y, Z, right? That was mm -hmm. the equation, right? However, though, when I started realizing was the assumption in that in that equation was if I don't have XYZ, therefore I am not happy then, right? Mm. And the thing is then, is I started realizing that regardless of XYZ, I'm happy and I'm joyful and I'm excited, I'm grateful for what I do have. And then all of a sudden, exactly. all of a sudden the equation started um, changing because then what was happening is when I did receive that, regardless of if I did or did not, I was still happy regardless of it. And what was interesting as well is I think sometimes we correlate our success to happiness, then what happens is when we don't have success and failure, which is uh, a guarantee in life, then what happens yeah. is your happiness goes down. And see, what's incredible yeah. to me is those that have a good self-image and self-esteem and that intentional decision to be happy, regardless mm. of massive successes or very low failures, you are happy regardless. And that allows you to stay exactly. stable and consistent throughout life. And because like yeah. you said, it's just that intentionality through, through, through life. And yeah. um, I, just a really cool conversation. Now, I want to ask you regarding your self-image, self-esteem. Okay. Mm -hmm. What was your journey like? Did you struggle with that a little bit? And then if you did kind of share with us kind of what helps you kind of really, maybe it was a mentor, maybe there was some other individuals, maybe there's some group that helped you realize mm. those hurdles in your own life. If you could, Ella. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. Um, and like you rightly um, stated just a second ago, um, once you start um, noticing how you feel in different situations um, and um, being a little bit more mindful what makes you happy, suddenly what you believed in in the past has less significance, which is, which is exactly what happens for everyone. Um, but to answer your question, um, so I am someone who was very lucky to be raised by relatively stable parents, <laughs> I would say. Um, I, um, I had a loving family, um, I had a positive self-image uh, as a child already, um, but um, I, I, that all got shaken up a little bit when I became a mom. So I think like for many women, and, and most of women I think are probably not prepared to share that because it's it's not something we don't like to talk about our failure, um, but I think our failure is what makes us strong um, once we learn from it. So for me, um, 
everything changed. I, I, I had a great career. I had a great relationship uh, with my husband. Before um, uh, my son arrived, everything was great. All the boxes ticked. Um, when the baby arrived, um, my I, I feel like I've lost my sense of identity to motherhood. So I was working professional before. Uh, I actually worked in human resources and international recruitment for many years in central London before I've given birth to my son. And like many first time moms, I started prioritizing my baby's needs and completely self-neglecting my, my needs. Um, so ignoring my needs. Um, and everything started just... Um, not going the way I wanted to. And I felt like I'm becoming more and more miserable every day. So I've lost my confidence. I've lost my identity. I was desperate to go back to work, but I couldn't because I couldn't secure a, a space in a nursery for my son. Um, I was arguing with my husband on a regular basis. He was snappy. I was snappy. We were both underslept. Um, I had... I was lacking direction because I actually didn't want to go back to my previous work job after having a baby. I wanted to do something more meaningful where um, my purpose will be to help others. Um, but I didn't quite know what that is, um, what that will be at the time. So I really struggled uh, to the point where I was suspecting that I'm suffering with dep depression. Uh, so I actually visited my, um, my GP, my, my, my doctor, and I was very quickly diagnosed with postnatal depression. And I actually um, questioned the whole experience a little bit because um, I, I didn't really want to take the, the antidepressants. I didn't really believe I had depression. I felt that I'm just completely lost and overwhelmed and I need quality rest and I need help and support with childcare, and I will be just fine um, but I'm someone a Christian who loves reading and studying and um, self-development so I try to understand myself better um, by reading books and um, pieces scientific pieces about mental health in families and as soon as I read, um, well, a couple of books about that, I realized it's a very common global problem that women lose their identity, they lose their uh, sense of self-confidence. And uh, it's like it's like a domino effect. The moment woman's confidence goes down, she doesn't know who she is anymore. She struggles with um with um, building up or going back to her professional life because of that. And all she becomes is a mom. And women often feel trapped in that role of a mom and not getting enough professional fulfillment. So, and then the quality of the relationship falls down and sometimes that leads to divorce. Anyway, I was very keen to avoid all of that. So I thrown myself into researching and reading about it. And I understood from some great books that I've read that um, I actually need to prioritize my own needs. So I've uh, started, I started small. I started jogging every day for half an hour. 
And uh, that jogging gave me such amazing sense, uh, sense of freedom, feeling of freedom and feeling of I'm completely fine. I don't know where all these clouds in my head are coming from. Like, I just need to get out more. And that was the, the beginning of that shift in my mind that prioritizing my own needs as a new mom and everything slowly started improving. But when I spoke to friends and neighbors and, and other uh, first-time moms, I've noticed that many people struggle with that. Many people are so lost um, and so um, have absolutely zero support um, in terms of childcare that they need tools to be able to learn how to get to know themselves better and how to build that inner strength which is where the idea for Virtually Thrive came from. Um, so, yeah, that's a very long way of answering your question again. I, I love it. I love it. I think that's fantastic because you're really just giving a lot of good glimpse of what you had to struggle with as well, but then yeah. also certain activities that helped you really facilitate that growth and establishing that self-esteem. Um, because as you were talking, I'm literally thinking about one of my sisters. And what was so incredible is that she's, she told herself, it's okay to mm. go on a date night. It's okay that I can exactly. spend a little bit of time. It's not that I'm a bad mother if I'm walking away no. from my, my, my family or walking away from my kids because they don't need me a hundred thousand times, right? All the time. It's okay. And putting specific boundaries in, right? Uh, even um, when, they, when they fall asleep, they don't just come in. I'm going to go back to your bedroom because dad and I are in the bedroom and you're not allowed in the bedroom, right? And there's just like certain boundaries and it's okay, right? And I find that just so interesting because like you said, on the back end, what I always found interesting is physical activity, surrounding yourself with, you know, excitement and growth and other people that helps that, that facilitate that growth. 100%. Uh, and, I, and I love that. Uh, now, you have some really cool resources on your website. Uh, if you could just share a few things uh, on your website that you're excited about that you've seen massive impact in people's lives because of some resources. Sure. So I have built um, two uh, online courses for parents um, and launched one book. So the e-courses are under our product sections. Um, a website is virtuallythrive.com and the product sections you have my book, and my online courses, and there's also the podcast. I think um, that so far, um, I think the podcast had um, the best um, and it's the most popular tool. Um, so I would definitely recommend um, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcast and all other big directories. I would definitely recommend listening to Virtually Unbreakable and just learning from my own personal experience um, and from my training as a um, CBT qualified um, uh, therapist as well as NLP. So CBT, as many of you will know, is cognitive behavioral therapy. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming, which is rewriting how we live our life and creating new um, habits and new healthy beliefs. Um, so yeah, I, I think the podcast is, is great. I have an opportunity to interview many uh, uh, experienced guests. Um, just yesterday, I've recorded an episode with uh, 
a, a lady who specializes in burnout and works with organizations here in London, including Google, um, and provides services to them to ensure they support their employees better in order to prevent burnout. And we spoke about that and we spoke about burnout in parents. And what I really like what you said earlier, Christian, was the word boundaries. And so many people are not completely unaware what boundaries are and, um, and they don't use them. They don't use them in their daily life. And boundaries are absolutely everything, whether you have children or not. So, you know, many of us um, give, give, give to others and have no expectations, don't want anything back. And so often we feel depleted and low on energy and low on our morale because we are um, not setting any boundaries. And setting boundaries in relationships, in friendships and with family members are very important. And it's also something I talk about in my podcast. Well, and, and I love what you're saying because I, I was literally talking to a friend of mine and he told me about his, uh, his friends that do this really cool thing. So they do a lot of fostering and adoption. And obviously that takes a lot of energy and effort. And naturally you have mm. to be very intentional with each other as a, as, uh, as a spouse and being intimate and date nights and stuff like that, because you, you just surrounded with all this activity, right? And so they do this thing where I thought was really remarkable. They close their, they lock their door at like, you know, five o'clock in the evening on Friday night until basically Saturday morning. And what that does is say, hey, kids, you are not allowed to uh, mm. disrupt the parents, mom and dad, during this period of time. It is our alone time. It is our time where we can spend together. It is our, you know, whatever. And I thought yeah. that was so cool because, again, they created this amazing boundary. And even in this busyness, and what I find so interesting, definitely with like new parents and coming down, I don't know if it's justification, but it's almost like they justify themselves. Like, oh, we can't go date night tonight because I've got little little one over here and we got, you know, he needs my time. He needs this. He needs that, whatever. Yeah. And nobody else can do it, you know, yeah. outside of mom or dad. And yeah. go ahead. I'd love to get your response on that. It's the classic. It is the <laughs> biggest schoolboy error you can make as a parent globally. This is exactly what you said. Oh, sorry, I can't do it because I have, um, I have to, you know, my little one's not been sleeping very well. Um, Jordan Peterson, uh, whom you might be familiar with, um, yeah. talks a lot about parenting, talks a lot about uh, women, um, career, um, career women, mothers, parenting, and so on. So many fantastic guy, lots of great topics. And he makes it very clear in many of his videos um, that um, what children need from us is guidance. We are the ones that are setting the rules and we are the ones that... Um, decide when we need time out and he says in one of his videos don't ever let your children do something that will make you dislike them um so don't don't allow them to literally walk all over you just because they're your kids no you have to prioritize your needs you need to learn how that you are and remember that you are important and also that your relationship with your partner is super important. And that strong relationship between um, 
parents um, will form very good basis for good mental health in children. I've noticed from working with my clients and some of the conversations with industry experts that I had, it's so, um, it's so common to see the parents here in the UK are coming to mental health nurse or a mental health professional. And uh, they had, there is this sign of relief, you know, that, oh my God, we are here now, so we are safe. So it's like, because they feel the child is the problem. The child is the problem, the child misbehaves, the child is difficult to manage, the child is depressed or is anxious. The child is the problem. No, you are the problem. I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry to say that. And I'm, I know I'm not getting lot, not going to get lots of fans by saying that, but um, you are the one that forms the um, create helps create that self image um, in your child from early age, and you can you can influence it. So you need to become happier so your child can become happier, and and create a, a better better basis for. Um, for upbringing, for good well, mental see, what, health. What I find so interesting about this conversation, I appreciate you talking about this. So mm -hmm. if you could, maybe just share, because it's to me, it's like, and I hate to relate this, but I, I always like to relate because it, it just allows people to understand. It's like training a dog, right? Mm -hmm. You don't focus on all skills at one time. You focus on one or two, get those down, and there's a baseline, and then you build upon that. It's the same thing with building boundaries, right? You don't focus on implementing all these boundaries all the time because then all of a sudden, you know, you're mm. just not able to. So there's like a few boundaries that they should implement to help, obviously, their own mental healthness, their uh, a good relationship with their kid, uh, parenting. Um, I would love to get your response. What do you think one or two boundaries do you think, you know, maybe you've, you've, you've helped your clients implement right off the bat that almost are the foundational boundaries and then they can build upon that. What does that look like? So I think that it's a great question. I think it depends on the age of the child. Um, things change as child uh, brain de development progresses. So the boundaries that we would be implementing with a six month old baby or a three year old um, are not going to be the same boundaries that we implement with a 12 year old or 14 year old. Um, and I think that those boundaries depend on the age of the child. So when we are talking about younger kids, um, I would say setting up healthy routine um, rather than boundaries. So when they are a few months old or one, two year old, three year old, um, yes, they need to behave when they're at the table. Um, uh, and yes, they need to, um, you know, I don't know, not hit other children. But I think smaller children um, thrive on routine. So the bedtime routine is very important. And what you described there with your friends, uh, we close the door and we don't let our children come into our room. Apologies, the light's just gone off. Um, is, um, is super important and super valuable. So I think going to bed at a certain time, having a dinner as a family at certain time, of course, there will be days when your partner can't join or you can't join, but trying, aiming for that anyway. So going to sleep, getting enough quality sleep, getting enough quality fresh air and physical exercise um, and showing love and affection. Um, that's, that's the main thing when they're younger. When they're slightly older, I would say um, 
try to aim for um, less screen time as much as you can. Um, so set some boundaries with regards to how much you want them to learn from watching films and and playing computer playing games, you know, and how much do you want them to learn from actual real people and uh, and promote building friendships uh, face to face, um, because that is something that uh, we all need. Um, uh, you know, we are social animals and we, we have to focus on that. Um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it does, does. And, and I appreciate diving into that because, again, I could just imagine people think, okay, this is a good concept, but what are certain specific activities can I do like right away that can build that foundation? Um, because mm. I think there is the right structure of, of doing it properly. And unlike you and I, we just discussed, it's like if you focus on all of them, you're not going to be able to you know, really focus on one and really establish that one. And yeah. uh, I like what you said, it's building that, you know, consistency schedule and so forth. Um, one of the things that I've learned, and this one of the things I, I told, you know, my future wife, whoever, whoever that is, the concept of like, okay, you know, I probably will not be the man that's going to, you know, take my kids to soccer practice all the time, right? I probably delegate that, probably have an assistant that helps with that. However, though, I will be the man that is at, or the father that is at every, you know, game and supporting them, right? And the reason is, is because I want to just make sure I'm optimizing my time and optimizing their time. And I want them to see dad is going out there and achieving things and building things and producing things. And there are certain consequences and sacrifices that I must make. Um, and the same thing with like, you know, even, uh, the, 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 the nighttime routine. I may not be the one that's washing them, putting them, yep. brushing their teeth and yep. doing all the little, you know, activities, but I will yeah. be the one that is there praying with them at night, reading them a bedtime story, stuff like that. Those intentional, more intentional things. And uh, again, it's one of those things that I've, I've, I'm okay with. I may get yeah. some feedback and judgment from my other, other parenting friends and that's fine, but I don't really care. Cause again, it's just building the things that work for me, um, yeah. which is awesome. Um, I, I really just appreciate the time that we had together here and just have an incredible conversation, incredible insight, and just understanding from mental health, mental health to you know suicide to what's going on in the industry and being okay with it. Um, and Ella, if you could, how can our audience reach out to you, be part of your community, be part of your resources, and 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 kind of just sure. consume what you got going on? Yes. So uh, as I mentioned before, the podcast is called Virtually Unbreakable and it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and plenty of other um, directories. My book uh, is on Amazon. It's called Teach Your Kids to Build Positive Self-Image and is also available on Audible. Um, and there are also some free resources on our website um, and the free resources section. Um, and the website, as I mentioned before, is virtuallythrive.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you can find me under Ella Sangera. Um, I, I love this conversation. I think, Christian, you have a very healthy approach to parenting, despite the fact you're not a parent. Uh, a very balanced uh, approach to um, enjoying um, your life and and being happy. Um, uh, and what I really like is what you said at the end was that um, you might get judged by other people, but that's okay. I just want to finish up by saying there's been an in interesting research um, on um, the and, and it proves the fact that our children are not less happy because we are not there at bedtime. Uh, our children get much more negatively affected 
when they see their parents being unhappy, even, even though it might be three hours earlier at home. So your kids will, and I'm saying this to everyone, your kids will get much more, um, uh, you know, uh, bad, I, I could say bad example and poor mental health by watching you being unhappy and complain about your work rather than not seeing you at home and just um, skipping the bedtime. So uh, just bear that in mind that they will never hold this against you that you're not home for the bedtime. Um, prioritize your need and love yourself and you be your best friend. Wow, I love what you said there. And I want to reiterate that again, because what you're basically saying is the kid is not measuring um, the, the, oh, the time, quality of time, more so than, hey, what is the attitude that you have in your situation? And that is what they're measuring. Is that correct? Yes. And that's what they remember. So mm -hmm. they will remember not how much time you spent with them, but how you behaved and whether you were happy when you were together. Wow. Wow. Guys, thank you so much. Again, Ella, I really appreciate it. those links. It will be in the description below. Make sure you stop what you're doing. Make sure you consume her content. Make sure you click on what she's got going on. She's got incredible content over there. Uh, and Ella, again, I just appreciate the immense value that you brought in today. Uh, before we let you go, is there any other last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? Um, no, I think, I think I've summarized that. I think, um, the moment you accept yourself for as a good enough parent, good enough mom, good enough dad, and you uh, prioritize your need, everybody around you will benefit from that. Um, so don't think that just because you're not going out with the girls uh, or you're not uh, going out to the cinema, you are um, doing your child a favor. You're not. Your child needs you to be happy. So prioritize your happiness. Awesome. And that is my friend, Ella Singera. Guys, that is Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. Until next time, remember, be uncommon if you can. Thank you. Yo, this is Christian D. Evans, Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. We thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. If you feel and you know that this was valuable to you, please show some love to our amazing guest by liking this, by commenting on this, by making sure that you do a nice five-star review and just show some love to our guest. That'd be really awesome. Also, make sure you share this with a friend, a family, a colleague, someone that you believe would Bring value to their life right now. Uh, and guys, we just want to say thank you again for just being part of our community. If you want to have more resources, don't be afraid. Go to christiandevans.com. You can actually schedule a phone call with me or you can send me an email at christian.evans at beuncommonifyoucan.com. That's christian.evans at beuncommonifyoucan.com. Always love to hear some feedback and let me know what is the number one or two things that you are struggling in your business and your life and we'll make sure we have those conversations guys that is journey with christian davis podcast and until next time remember be uncommon if you can cheers